Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. I know you're going to dig this. Here's the talk of the town. Take you to the hometown Martinette in Brooklyn, where Bobby Millett and his orchestra are offering a program of dance music. Here's the talk of the town. Trying to get these chords over here good, man. Your mic sound like a transformer. 
Yeah, we'll in a second, man. Go ahead and uh, do what you need to do. We'll we, you, we, we hold you down for a couple seconds, huh? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Go ahead, do your thing. All right. Yeah, Alan. Oh, yeah. Man, it's going down. What you know, man? What you know? Well, look, hey, this is what we had I'm a doing. great conversation this yeah. morning, you know, about uh, Queen Latifah, which we will be discussing this Sunday on the Middleman Talk Show, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Time. Now, for all those who, you know, who out there who watch single ladies, I'm not talking about the guys, I'm talking about the women. Now, there may be some guys who watch the TV show, but the comment came from the TV show Single Ladies. You know, when people made the statement, uh, being gay is the new black. Um, some people try to clear it up for on Twitter, and, you know, and it just won't work because... Go back and look at the whole episode and how this particular comment was portrayed in the show. You will see why it offended myself. It offended Kevin. It offended a lot of people in Radio Land, especially out there in uh, Atlanta, because Kevin called me this morning about it, and we discussed it. So we're actually going to explore that this weekend on the Middleman Talk Show. Oh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Something fierce, baby. Something fierce. Yes. Yes. It's the only thing I can say, man, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into it, man, because right now, you know, it, it, this, is, this is talking to town. So what are we going to do with this? Right. This weekend, y'all make sure y'all dial 718-508-9972. That's the number to dial. Call in. Let us know what you think to all the people that listen to our show that may be gay. Tell us what you think. All the people that may be, you know, that are straight. Hey, tell us what you think. Right. So we want to talk about this week. This weekend, man, it's going to go down this Sunday. Ooh, call your friend, call your mama, call your auntie. Sit around your radio or sit around your Everybody. phone. Sit around your telephone. Sit around. Every, just listen to us this weekend. promise you something great. Man, dude, I was listening to the radio today, man, and uh, I was just checking out a couple of things, man. And, and people not our president, man. I know uh, we're trying to get Nick enough time to get himself together here. But, uh, man, Barack Obama needs to just go ahead and get straight gutter. I want to see Barack Obama slap everybody at that table like Bernie Mac did on the black president movie. We seen I don't know what he's waiting on. I would I love to see him just slap everybody. I'm talking about right. slap them so hard, man. Why? You know what I'm saying? The next person sitting next to him would be like, dang, he had to hit him that hard. Yeah. I, think, I think I better sign right. his paper. Right. Damn. That's how hard he need to hit him. Oh, yeah. Everything that's going on right now, you know, I'm not tripping on the fact that the country may lose its debt or, or lose the credibility other than that. You know what I'm saying? That's all good. But, it, I mean, well, it ain't all good because a lot of people won't get their Social Security check, a lot of stupid stuff going on. So, right. I see we got Nick. Nick, man, what's going on? You, you good? Is this chick, this chick, right, this is chick, it, am, I, am I working right now? Man, you sound like the champion you are. Yeah. Oh, great. All right, that's what, what I'm talking, talking about. That's what I'm talking about. What are we yeah, talking man. about, man? We, we're we talking, talking about, about the country uh, with the pet. Yeah, man. Yeah, President Obama, we want him to slap everybody that's at the table, Republicans and Democrats. Twice. In the grizzly. I got to say, man, I, I honestly believe that he will. I believe that he will. I believe it's going to be after the um, the election, though. And, and let me tell you why. 
you know, he has faced more scrutiny and produced more results. There's been another president that's produced as much as he has in four years, but faced all the scrutiny that he's faced. You know, so I think he wants to get this first time out of the way. And then he's going to really show us what he's made of next time around. That's because I do believe do he's going to be man. reelected. And I think yeah. then it's like the gloves are coming off like, okay, time out for the BS, you know. All right. that, that, that's just my honest opinion. I, I think that's what's going to happen. And, and you know, I, I think it's going to, it's, like you said, it's Democrats and some Republicans that need to be slapped. But all this, this Tea Party nonsense, everybody listen to to what they have to say. Like, they keep on going there. We're going to go straight into communism. You think it's a game. You think it's a game. If you just look at what they're all about, it can be related right back to communism. So, yep. I'm just saying. And they I'm had the nerve to call President Obama a, a socialist. So, all right. We're going to see. Well, well, it is what it is, you know. Before they were, they called him everything but the president. They've called him, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a Muslim. They've called him, you know, un-American. They they've called him everything under the sun. So, you know, they called him a capitalist. Say what you want to say about him, but you know, I like somebody that produces results, and I honestly believe he's producing results. It is what it is. Oh yeah. But um, anyway, so uh, sales week been a, this has been a decent sales week. Um, Beyonce is number one again with her new album Four. Uh, last week she sold 310,000 copies to give her number one spot. This week she sold 114,000. Um, Big Sean, um, the rapper uh, signed to Kanye West, Good Music. Uh, his new album is it's in the top ten. Uh, the reviews on it have been kind of mixed, uh, to be honest. Yep. You know, it's, yep. it's one of those love it or hate it kind of thing. I, 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 I don't love it. I'll just say that much. But, you know, he's in the top 10, Billboard 200, 24,000 sold this week, you know. So it's a decent sales week. A couple things going on in hip-hop. Nicki Minaj just recently came um, came up on TMZ's radar. Uh, She and her hype man, uh, Safari Samuels, um, apparently got into, who is also her rumored boyfriend, uh, got into an altercation at a Dallas hotel. Uh, The police were called, um, and apparently uh, she was hit. In the face Now of course She denied the whole thing She said that you know TMZ was just making things up But uh, anybody who's ever read TMZ Knows one thing they, they know how to get the dirt And they actually came up with the actual police report And in the police report It's stating that Safari Her hype man and rumor boyfriend um, Basically They got into an argument poolside They carried up to their hotel room that's at the point that the police were called. And uh, he went to snatch his suitcase from her because he thought that she was trying to go through his stuff. And um, when he picked the suitcase up, he hit her in the mouth with the suitcase and made her bite into her lower lip, and she started bleeding. Mm. Now, all this is supposedly stemming from a few weeks ago, media takeout uh, got wind of the uh, pictures that Amber Rose allegedly sent to him. And this right. has all been... Apparently, just something that stemmed from that. So, uh, hey, uh, you know, who knows? Um, Nicki Minaj, personally, um, I might not be a fan of her music, but I don't think anybody, you know, has, you know, should be hit. 
So that's especially with a suitcase. I mean, come on now. Man, I think she got a smart mouth, man. I think she should deserve to get smacked in the grill. She looks like she got a smart mouth. I don't know about that one. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right about in that the one. grill. They could have just, you know, talk it out. Try, try your best to talk it out. You, know, you never know. Speaking yeah. of talking it out, <laughs> speaking of talking it out, Miguel, R&B singer Miguel, I, and I, I, I use that term very loosely, R&B singer Miguel and Lloyd had a beast going on recently. What? Well, everybody knew Lloyd for having his long hair, right? Mm-hmm. You know, long hair, don't care, all that good stuff. Well, you know, he shaved that off, you know, going into this new album. He actually had a low cut. He got a tattoo in the back of his head last week. So he shaved a lot of his hair off. Now, with the tattoo and the way he shaved his head, he still had hair at the top. And it kind of resembled uh, the haircut that Miguel has. They both look like aliens to me, but it is what it is. So Miguel took Twitter and he said that imitation is the sincere form of flattery. Shout out to Lloyd. So, of course, this sent Twitter on a frenzy. And... um. They asked Lloyd the next day about it on the radio, and he was just like, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. I just, I'm just going to see him personally. Really? They just happened to be both be in Cleveland a couple of days ago, and the radio station, one of the radio personalities from Z100 in Cleveland, got an audio tape of the confrontation. Now, I heard it today, and Miguel comes up, and he's trying to joke and make things light and everything, and, and Lloyd's basically like, man, did all that? Why are you talking trash and everything? He's like, no, it wasn't trash. It was, it was just an honest opinion, and he really kind of tops out and fetched on it. And you know, Lloyd was still just like, you know, uh, I don't, I don't care about an apology and all that stuff. Why are you talking smack? So reportedly right. they resolved it after the, the fact, but I'm not being funny. That had to be the softest beef I've ever heard in my life. Loud hair down here. In my day, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I anybody care that low you might have got a rise out of me if you'd have said uh Kelly Rowland and Beyonce were beefing. I you know, I, yeah. I, I honestly with Lloyd and Miguel I think Alicia <laughs> Keys to bust both their ass. Man, Lloyd right. is all every bit of eighty five pounds soaking wet. And Miguel is rocked in his pocket. Man, come on. Man, that'd be like two, two chickens in the rain fighting. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, it's been fights at my mama's daycare center that's probably were harder than that. I'm not gonna get into that. Uh, but speaking of what we're gonna get into, let's go ahead and get into the topic today. You know, and let me tell you how this topic came up. First off, what we're talking about today is age ain't nothing but a number. Are you too old to rap or sing? And uh, this whole topic came up because of a friend of mine who um, recently signed to Atlantic Records. Uh, he came into some trouble with the label. And their biggest issue with him, apparently, was because of his age. Now, he and I are the same age. We're both 30. Actually, he just turned 31 a few days ago. So, big, you know, birthday shout-out to him. But um, one of the executives actually asked the dumbest question. I don't believe in dumb questions, but this was a dumb question. He said, he asked him, why did you wait till you were 30 to get into the music business? What? First off, I don't think there's anybody who's in the music business that said, hey, 
I woke up today and decided I want to be in the music business, and I'm about to go out and get a record deal. Unless your father is Rev Run. But I couldn't believe he asked him that. And he was just basically saying, you know, you know, we feel like you're too old to be starting off as an artist. And you're too old, you know. The people who buy music are young. The people who watch the videos and vote for the videos, they're, they're young. They're 18 to 24. And it got me to thinking, you know, a lot of times people chastise artists for being too old. And that's right. something to me that's a recent development. And when I say recent, I mean within the last 20 years. Because I can think of, you know, the Temptations. They've oh, been yeah. going strong since 1958. Oh, yeah. They had a platinum album 40 years after they first signed with Motown. You know, Marvin Gaye had his big comeback with Sexual Healing at 41. You know, the Spinners, when the Spinners came out, those were some grown men. Like, those were, you know, we're talking about some grown people. These weren't no little kids coming out. So... I'm like, why do we put this age restriction? People say that Jay-Z is too old to rap. They said that Ice Cube is too old to rap. They say Snoop Dogg is too old to rap and that they should stand aside and let the younger people take the spot. But if I remember correctly, and maybe it's just because we come from a, a different time in music where there was, just like you guys said a couple of weeks ago, old, old grind versus new grind. You didn't just somebody didn't just step aside and let you get into the position to be the best. No, you had to earn That's that right. work to get there. That's right. That's right. So I, I don't know. So we're talking about age ain't nothing but a number. And I want you guys to kind of weigh on that because, and maybe I'm maybe I have a few viewpoint on it. But you got weigh in on this. Let me know if I'm just tripping about this. Is there an age limit on the music business? Uh, you know it is. You know it is, man. A lot of them got. Man, real, real talk, man. How old is too old to be trying to rap? Real talk. Well, how old is too old to be trying to come out with your first album trying to rap? That's the question. Now, it's okay you know to what? Be out. You know, like, a lot of people do it. I, I do understand that. Now, it's okay to be out, you know what I'm saying? You've been in the game 10, 15 years, and you still like your music. Now, to be 45 years old and you're doing bubblegum rap, that's a problem. You need to be shot in the knees for that. Quick. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, and you know, usually when it comes to hip-hop, I let you guys speak on it. But I can honestly say I've always been the type of person, if you have good music, I'm going to support it. I don't care how old you are. But, but, but the perception of the general public, though, Nick, they don't want it. Man, it's just like real talk. If people really focus in on how old Jay-Z is, man, these kids ain't trying to hear him. He they daddy age. Older granddaddy. than granddaddy. Granddaddy. I can understand that DMA. to an extent. All these guys are but older. But a lot of these rappers are older than they portray. Yeah. Prime yeah. example, Akon trying to convince everybody that he's 27. 21? Oh, yeah. That was his thing for the longest. Oh, Lord. And he was 27. He's of 38, 39. Or Young Jeezy. Who is, I think he's supposed to hit 39 or 40 this year. No, no, Jay, Jay ain't that old, man. Jay about 37. 37. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm one year old. Shut up. Yeah. I'm just saying, though. Hey, that's <laughs> Don't try to help him, man. Don't try to help him out. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, though. It's just, I, I can understand that, but the good, the distant thing about it, and y'all know me, I'm a numbers person. 
I'm a numbers person. I look at the numbers. First off, yes, 18 to 24, really 13 to 24 is who listens to the radio the most. We know this. Okay, that's fine. However, 25 to 44 purchases more music than 18 to 24. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They go to the concerts more than 18 to 24 because they can afford to do it. They're in a financial position to where they can do that type of thing. And the reason that that's, you can look at it, facts are facts. U2 is still the biggest touring act in the world. Yeah. There aren't any 17-year-olds listening to U2's album. But but that's a difference, though. You're looking at a, a, a genre of music that, you know what I'm saying, on, on the real... Cats that are my age, our age, or a little bit older that will go still see a hip hop concert. I'm gonna be honest with you, it will be an old school tour. I hate to say it. We ain't trying to go pay to go see Gucci Mane. Okay, no and, I, and I, I understand that, but guess what? The ones, the 18 to 24 year olds, are the ones that are bootlegging CDs. They're illegally downloading. I can honestly say that my generation was the last generation of CD buyers. We, Al, I think you can agree with me, Kev. You can definitely agree with me. We looked forward to new music on Tuesdays. We mm-hmm. actually went to the record stores and browsed through the album. Yep. Man, let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something, mate. I remember when all, you know, I'm a Tupac fan. All mm-hmm. Eyes on Me came out. Remember that? The double disc? Yep, I remember. I had it. We had a Camelot Music in Columbus, Mississippi. I was at the door at 12.01 p.m. a.m. 12.01 a.m. But it was like, I can't sell it to 12 o'clock in the morning. How the hell I be there? Man, I went home, got some sleep, woke up, went out there, 12.01, I was outside. Me and five other people. We bought Tupac album that day. I was the third person in Columbus bopping it that morning before the store opened. Yes, it was me. Right. It was me. Yes, I did it. Well, this, this is just my thing about it. I think, and Jermaine Dupree, he actually touched on this about a year ago, and I absolutely agree with him. Um, the problem that he sees with the younger generation of hip-hop artists is the fact that they're disconnected from the older generation because the older generation is automatically written off. If you look at things like, now we just talked about the BET Awards last week. If you look at the BET Awards, and you look at some of these younger rappers, and Busta Rhymes talked about this too at the BET Hip Hop Awards a few years back, they don't know how to perform. Right. They don't know how to perform. One of the reasons the old school concerts that you talked that you just talked about a second ago, one of the reasons that they do so well is not just because of the hit records, because they actually got up there and they put a show on. You right. know, how many of these younger rappers actually saw Run DMC perform? Those were performers. They weren't just rappers. They didn't just stand there with you know their hands on their pants and in the white tee. And they thought no, they were they were performers. Right. You saw a show when you went to see uh, Sugar Hill Gang. You saw a show when the Fat Boys performed. You saw a show. You see a show. This is why Buster Rhymes shuts it down every time he comes out on stage. It's only a few artists that still can do that. I would say Method Man, Red Man, Buster Rhymes, definitely. MC Hammer. Full trip on MC Hammer. But MC Hammer put on a show out this world. He put on a show. You know what I'm saying? There ain't too many guys out there that can do it. Because, I mean, nowadays, man, Everybody get on the stage, man. They walk around, let you rap their lyrics for about five minutes and be like, hey, man, 
We going to the back. What a bless. What a weeds. What a women. Mm-hmm. So what does that do for the next generation of rap? Let you know they suck. That and I'm talking about must, I'm talking about the generation of rap that their inspiration of rapping is Soldier Boy. Or that their uh, inspiration of Cali is is Cali Swag District or, or the New Boys. I mean it's our fault. I hate to say it like that. To a certain degree, yeah. it's our fault. Yeah. What makes you say that? Because, number one, man, you know what I'm saying, if we would have paid more attention to these kids and started developing more, especially the ones that have the authority to develop these kids, right. man, you know what I'm saying, like the A&Rs and all these other people that were developing artists at one time, if they would, if, you know, because, I mean, you know it's about money. All of us on this phone, everybody listening online, you know it's about money, bottom line. But the quality right. of it declined when everybody really shifted towards money only. Dub G said it best. Rap, I forgot. Dub calling him. I forgot what Dub said. Dub said something so gangster. I'm just saying. <laughs> how you how you how you gonna bring up the quote? But you don't. Remember. Man, I, I forgot. Hey, that's that's a lapse of age. <laughs> a lapse of age. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, if that's the case. Then does Jay Z need to stop putting out albums? Does Snoop Dogg need to stop putting out albums? Does Gurman need to stop putting out albums? Yes. Now why? Well, I can't. I can't. I can't agree with Common. But Jay Z, I'm tired of Jay Z. I can say Common. Snoop could just sit down for what? I can say Common. I think a lot of these artists can actually get. You know what, man? I would love to see these guys mentor new talent, but under them. You know what I'm saying? Because I even can, though older groups back in R&B didn't do that a lot of older girls you know they had some that they did do but when you think about like with rap you can actually take a younger artist you ain't got to make him a copy of you but you can actually make him a better version of what you did and have okay well if that's the case then look at what jay-z is doing with j cole but j cole ain't that tight dude at, though man look yeah, at what jay-z dude, did man. with kanye you can't say that he didn't groom. You can't say that he's not grooming. Well, I'm gonna but tell you like this. But my thing is, it's just yeah. like this. No, man. No, I, I can't agree with you, Nick. Because I'm gonna tell you, you brought up Kanye. Prime example. Kanye was in a lane that Jay couldn't even comprehend when he came out. Right. I'm telling you, this is true. This is true. But outside of rap one, I don't think Jay Z ever tried to necessarily, you know, get at him on a talent level because I, I. I I mean, it's it's obvious they're two different types of rappers, but I'm far as far as cultivating him as an artist. No, nah, man, as you, far you, as you can listen to his first album. I don't know if you ever listened to it. Matter of fact, did. Jay didn't even want Dame to sign this dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, isn't that usually what the case is? A lot in of most time. cases, I mean, let's be honest. In yes, most cases, yes, it is. Yes, it is. They don't want to sign the new guys. If you're an artist, no, you don't want nobody to sign a new guy. If you're an artist. But you have some people out there, like say for, uh, 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 really I can't think of nobody that signed anybody that wasn't that wasn't an artist. That well, Suge Knight, I can't say Suge Knight did sign some talented guys. I hate to say it, but he did. Yeah. Every artist, yeah. every artist that signed an artist messed that artist over. Okay. okay. Well. Okay. Well, let's look at it like this. Look at Dr. Dre. Almost everyone that he's put his stamp on, not everybody, but almost everyone, is damn near a legend. Truth hurts ain't no legend. 
I, that's why I said almost. But look at look I, at his I like record. truth, man. I like truth, man. I like truth. Look, look, fine too. look at look at Dr. Dre's track record. Name I, a man, because I'm not really understanding your angle right here. Snoop Dogg. Okay. Eminem. Not really. Shit. Come on, man. Not really. Shit, me. I mean, I mean, look, man. I mean, look. Ten, ten, fifteen years from now, man. Hold on, hold on. Ten, fifteen years from now, we'll still know who Eminem is. Yeah, but then what I'm saying is, Eminem made his own lane. I'm, I mean, you know, if you heard Eminem from the underground of Detroit back in the day, it was cold when he came in. Majority of all these artists that they signed were cold. Yeah, I, when I say cultivating, I don't think you understand what I mean when I say cultivating. Okay. When I say cultivating, I mean guiding them right. I'm talking about helping them take what they already have. They already have the talent. I'm not just, I'm not saying that these cats didn't have talent prior to being okay, with yeah, they, they But there is a certain amount of artist yeah, development, development that goes along that's with that because that's we true. know a bunch of talented people that just never had the right direction because they didn't have the right direction, they didn't make it very far. Hey, we do have a caller. I agree with you on that. We do have a caller. You want me to bring the caller in? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Caller 601 You are live on the Middleman Talk Show. Yo, what's up? I just thought I'd call and surprise y'all. Oh, man, what's, what's going up, on? What's going on? What's going on, man? I've been busy, you know, trying to get this book together, doing everything. But uh, I've been hearing you all talk about A&R and artist development, which is practically none, null and void, non-existent, uh, absent, without least <laughs> in the music industry right now. <laughs> they say it's on the milk carton. <laughs> yeah, it's on the milk carton, brother. Yes, it is. It's on the, every milk carton in America. Um, and I, I want to explain to you why I think that's happening. It's not like they don't have A and R departments, but they're you know record companies being the degree entities that they are, and being more and more. Uh, business oriented You know when you look at the 60s and 70s Where I personally think that Some of the best music ever made Came out in the early 80s too I'll often see What you had was a lot of people Who were over record companies Who actually loved music Jerry Wexler Was a music a lover If you read yes. his biography The Rhythms and the Blues You will know he actually loved the music Um Clyde Davis, say what you want about him in terms of his business practices. You cannot deny the fact that the man loved the music. He signed Dirk Winning Fire when he was over at uh, CBS uh, Columbia Records. He signed Santana. You see what I'm saying? Right. Uh, those groups today, if they existed, probably wouldn't get signed in today's market. True. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Even Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons, when he first yeah, Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin had a love for hip hop, you know. So and they took a chance. They 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 heard something, they liked it, and then they cultivated it and they put it out. Nowadays, record companies are ran by people who are primarily have more about business. They know, know more about statistics and demographics than yeah. they do about what's a blue note, what's a good sample. Charlie, it ain't nobody. A... Charlie, it ain't nobody on the streets no more. Ain't nobody pounding that ground no more. Ain't none of that going oh, on. Oh, no, no, no. But ain't nobody going to no shows. Oh, man. You know what you got? You got some kid 
scanning the internet, looking at uh, where they were looking at sound scans, but since record stores are becoming like dinosaurs, that's not happening like it used to. Right. But I got a question for you. This is one of the questions Nick was posing for the show. How old is mm-hmm. too old to be in music and rapping? How old should rappers be when they need to stop? Is that what you were trying to say, uh, Nick? Was that a question? Yeah. How old is too old? Okay, all right. All right. Here's what I I think, well, you think R&B or rap? We're both talking about rap. We're, we're saying both, but right now we're talking rap. Rap. To be honest with you, uh, to me, it depends on the artist. If it's an artist trying to get into the rap game, they need to quit at 30. Ooh. And that's providing that they look 25 or 22. If they look 30, hang it up. Damn. But now, if you've been in the game and you came into the game like a Bow Wow, if Bow Wow plays the right cards, he'll be able to rap well up into his 30s and 40s. Now, he may not capture the same audience he did when he was in his, you know, 16 or 17, but hopefully his artist will, his audience will grow with him. But just because I say that doesn't mean that there might not be someone who is uh, savvy enough who comes up with a hit. I think the problem now is that hip-hop has become a youth-oriented market, and mm-hmm. it's become a youth-oriented market primarily not because the records, the records or the rappers are getting any better. I mean, I saw a documentary on Big Daddy Kane, heard some of the new music on the documentary, found it incredible. But the older you get, the older the audience gets, the more discerning the audience becomes. Now, what do I mean by that? I remember there was a time when what we had, we called adult contemporary R&B was a yep. major staple in, 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 in urban music. Meaning yep. you had um, your uh, Angela Winbush. You had your, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Phyllis Hyman. You had... Your um, Keith Washington, uh, Christopher Williams, Keith Washington, Christopher Williams, uh, Michael Henderson, the Dramatics. Those were artists that appealed to adults, which meant that their records didn't sell out the gate because you you couldn't just put out a, a, a hot single on them. Audiences wanted to hear because they're mature adults. They wanted to hear more like three or four singles. That they they wanted to know that the album they were buying was a quality product, and so record companies realized, you know what? I can find a 15 year old or a 13 year old or a 20 year old put out a hot single on them, and the kids, because of peer pressure, are going to run out and buy that record. Sound unheard. Doesn't matter whether the rest of the record sounds good or not. Teenagers are going to go out and do what they call impulse buying. Yeah, yeah, so it, 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 Charlie. Uh-huh. You know that that right? That's some real talk right there. It's just like, but it's like nowadays, man. You see a lot of middle aged dudes and old dudes, man. I ran up on a cat talking about, yeah, my single coming out real soon. This dude like forty five, and he's rapping. Uh, yeah, he rapping. I'm like, you know, I'm looking at him like, man, come on. That's son. not gonna work. That's not gonna work because the average person that's buying rap records now are 
anywhere from their teens to early 20s. You got a few 30-year-olds buying rap, but mostly what you find people who are 30 years old and older who are buying rap, they're buying rap that they grew up with. Yeah, and see, that's the thing yeah. about it. What I'm saying they're is, they're buying like, 8-Ball and MJG. Oh, yeah. We go they're back buying, to the class. Uh, you know, UGK. They're buying Bun B. Yeah. You know, yeah. Bun B's record. So there is a market for these artists, but that's only if they're able to cultivate that audience and grow with that audience. But what if you 45 so now, you're trying to, to get in the game, into the now, game, 45 years old, and you're trying to be OG Bobby Delphin, <laughs> I don't know if the kids don't swallow that. <laughs> Damn. No, that ain't well, I'm just being realistic. I'm being Sorry, realistic. Let me ask you a question because this is a question I asked a little bit earlier. Um, actually, right. this was Jim Jones brought this up. I'm talking about Jay Z, and he said that Jay Z should move out of the way and let some of these younger rappers come in. And this is my thing about that. Nobody moved out of the way for Tupac. Nobody moved out of the way Man, for Biggie. Nobody moved out of the way yeah. for Nas. Okay, I'm saying so nobody no moved out of the way for these guys. Oh, these here, guys here, came here, in here, here, and they I were undeniable. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you, but you got to listen. What Jim Jones needs to understand is that Jay-Z is not just your so-called rap star anymore. He's a pop star. Pop stars don't go away easily if they put out products, quality products. Snoop is a pop star. Snoop's not going anywhere. No time soon. He's a pop star. Look JC is not even somewhere. in Jim Jones' lane. I don't even know why Jim Jones is saying that. He's not even in his lane. Do you hear what I'm I can saying? Agree. Well, definitely agree. But you know, but, but you know what? He do have a valid point, though. Regardless of what lane he in, because I mean, man, if we now, I agree with what Nick said. Ain't nobody made lanes for certain artists. They came in and made their imprint, and people had to respect them. That's what that was. But you got some cats that are hogging up the airways. Man, I'm tired of hearing certain things on the radio. But, 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 but no are, are, they, are, are they as individuals hogging up the airways, or is the record companies and the radio stations making you know, a conscious decision to say, listen, yeah. Jay-Z sells X amount of millions of records, he has X amount of demographics at his disposal. I think I need to put him in rotation just opposed to putting MC Bugaboo. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do, though, Charlie. That's what they do. Well, that's and I can say that from the radio aspect, from working for Clear Channel. Clear Channel was just like, less is more. Less is more. We're going to simplify this playlist. We're going to give you a prime example. I worked for Clear Channel in Montgomery, and their biggest thing was, we're going to go with, based on the demographics, our sister market is Memphis, which I thought was the dumbest thing on earth. But our, based on the demographics, our sister market is Memphis. So we're going to play our base, our playlist based on our channels in Memphis. Like, it just, it makes no sense to me. You can't put that on the artist. That's a corporate move. That's corporations doing that. That's a corporate move, exactly. That's a corporate move. And when Jay-Z seeks to sell records, Jay-Z will move out the way. Right, exactly. Uh but here's the thing, Jim Jones and the and artists like him. Now this is what I will challenge Jay Z to do, and I, I believe that this is something that he's doing consciously. When he was president of Def Jam, yes, he signed the Roof. Yes, he signed um, what was the other um, act that he signed? The rap act. Signed the Roof. Signed Nas. 
sign uh, But at the same time, LL Cool J, Exit 13, best record of his career, floundered under Jay-Z's uh, uh, watch. Um, ludicrous. You know, uh, Ludacris' budget was like cut in half for that, uh, what was it, Theater of the Mind or whatever it was. Yeah. But it still sold a million records. And that's why Jay-Z made that, that, that now infamous remark, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't, because they knew Ludacris didn't have the marketing uh, prowess that Jay-Z's record had, and he still went flat. He still went yeah. flat. Okay, but I'm saying if you got your if you got good music and you got good marketing, that's the key. Good music, good marketing, good promotion. It may take you a while to build your audience, but it will come. It will come. I agree. Now whether not, now now here's something I will accuse Jay Z of doing. He's got artists on his own label that he's not putting the kind of effort I like to see him put into it. Now, let me explain to you what I mean. J. Cole is a nice artist. I like it. I love J. Electronica. Those are two artists that he signed that I believe deserve a shot. They've been languishing on his label for long enough. He's putting out an album. Before that, he's putting out, he put out two albums since signing them and hadn't put their first album out. Now, I don't know whether or not there's corporate politics, corporate politics, maybe telling him, hey, Jay-Z, we need to bring in X amount of money this quarter, and the only way we can guarantee doing that is putting out a Jay-Z record. But I haven't yep. seen anything on Jay Electronica since he signed with Rockefeller, except maybe a few mixtapes. Yeah, you know how they do. That's I mean, I, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. now, if, if that's what Jim Jones is saying, because I can see him saying from a corporate standpoint, You've got the power to put artists on, and you're not doing it. Because that reminds me of another artist that we can talk about from Mississippi who had the power to do it and didn't do it. Oh, and I Lord. think you know who Correct. I'm talking about. Correct. Yeah, yeah we know. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get into it. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're going to take our first break because we're going to start segueing into the R&B, and we're going to kick it off right with an artist that some people have deemed him as being too old. He's actually signed a new deal with Verve Music Group, and he is dropping a new album this year, in September 20th, as a matter of fact. And this is Carl Thomas. You talking about Carl Thomas. Carl Thomas. See, again, I want to stay on for that R&B thing, because I want to say this. You're never too... One thing about good R&B and timeless art music, you're never too old to make good music. And I've heard some of Carl's albums fantastic record. He's a top-notch artist. So, I have a different opinion about R&B than rap because there's a different demographic. All right, well, let's get right into it. This is Carl Thomas from his last album, So Much Better, featuring Dave Thomas, Can't Get Over You. It's the Middleman Present, Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton. Yeah. 
are easier to sell albums to. You can sell an album to a, a teeny bopper with uh, having a, a, a Trey Song take off his shirt in a video, sing a hot song, <laughs> and they'll run out and buy it. You're not going to sell a record like that to me. I'm 50 years old. Okay? So, mm -hmm. it's the record companies are trying to push that on uh, the younger, they're, they're youth-oriented in terms of demographics and marketing on a mass scale. But now, mind you, they know when it comes to record buying, the most loyal customer base is over 30. And now, how do I, I know that? Let's look at all of the back catalog that's being sold. That's what's keeping these record companies afloat. Anita Baker's catalog is still selling. Do you hear what I'm saying? Phyllis Hammond's catalog is still selling. If you make the kind of timeless music that will appeal to a broader audience, meaning both young and old, and a lot of young people are discovering this grown folk music category that they're creating now. A lot of young people are buying. So technically, if you make good music, you make timeless music, you're never too old for it. You're never too old for it. But now, mind you, if you've got an old, like, like Southern Soul, I like Southern Soul, good Southern Soul. But oh, I'm yeah. not gonna rush out and I'm not gonna rush out and buy a Southern Soul album until I've heard a couple of records on it. So I'm gonna listen to the radio a little bit more, and if I hear three or four songs that I actually like and then maybe a few friends of mine say, hey man, it's really a good record. Or if I go to a concert and I see the artist perform, then I'll go buy it. But see, record companies aren't committed like that. You're not, I remember the days when, you know, artists may have taken five albums before they took off. How many people know that Earth, Wind & Fire had five albums before that's the way of the world finally took off for them? Mm -hmm. Wow, you are absolutely been, right. This, this was that second record. Warner Brothers had them initially. Couldn't find a hit on them. The Spinners were together 15 years. 15 years before <laughs> they began to have hits. They oh. were at Motown for a long time, and Stevie wrote them a hit. Stevie Wonder wrote their first hit for them. It's a shame. Listen. Barry Gordy had those boys washing him. They don't tell you that on Unknown. But if you read the liner notes to the Smithers box set, they tell you. But You're right. the Smithers music is timeless. So when it comes to R&B, if it's good, timeless music, it doesn't matter how old the audience is. You see what I'm, I mean? Not the audience, but the artist is. If it's timeless. But what's happening, yeah. you know what's creating this, another thing that's creating this whole youth. Look at Charlie Wilson. Charlie's well up into his 50s, maybe even going on 60s. He has his. Look at Ronald Isley. Ronald Isley. And they're not, and, and, and my thing is, don't deviate too far from what they normally do. But now here's what's killing that. Video, you know the song Video Kill the Radio Star? Mm-hmm. You know, ironically, that was the first song that uh, MTV played when they went on the air. But it sure turned was, out yeah. to be a, a prophetic statement. 
they knew what they were doing when they picked the record. Because now everything is vision oriented. Do you think if we were to find a, a lady as large as Aretha Franklin, and this is no spite to her size, or sisters out there who may be her size, but if we were to find the new Aretha Franklin and she just happened to look the way Aretha Franklin looks now, just younger, we catch the we catch the devil trying to get her a record deal, despite the fact that she may have the best record on on the planet and the greatest voice. Look at the pressure. Kelly Price, one of the great singers of our time. She even underwent the pressure to sell records by losing weight. This very Jennifer true. Hudson. You know, if you don't, that's what's another thing that's making it youth-oriented, look-oriented. You can tell somebody, I got this fantastic singer. First thing they're going to say is, what do they look like? What do they so, look like? In that instance, the question is now, because I agree with you, I honestly, I don't think that uh, a young blind kid like Stevie Wonder could get signed now. I don't think no. that in, in, the, in the market of today that Ray Charles would have been signed. You know, we're talking about the, the legends that, that put this business on their back. They wouldn't get the same fair shake now that they got then. What does that do for the new no. artists coming into R&B? Well, what it is, what it's saying is you got people, if they got the look, they may not necessarily have all the talent, but all they got to have to do is have the look. I mean, I, listen, Beyonce can sing, but Beyonce is not a singer on the level of Jennifer Hudson. You and I both know that, and Dream Girl proved it. Right. But Beyonce is a who, who, gets, who gets the marketing, the mass marketing, the marketing dollars, the big level right. budgets, the four and five videos and the four and five singles and the major advances. She does. Why? Look at her look. Kelly Rowland is just now beginning to come into her own with a hit on motivation. And I contend that's simply because, you know, her, uh, her uh, Beyonce's father is now trying to prove a point to Beyonce, I believe. In addition to the fact that this is, uh, you know, her image, Kelly Rowland's image, in my opinion, this time around is a lot more provocative. Sexy. Yeah, it's more sexy. She's showing more skin. Yeah. She's showing, showing more skin. But Same great voice. But for a dark-skinned woman, uh, a perfect example, what's the girl? Oh, uh, Fantasia. Fantasia, even though she might not be the most technically gifted singer, she is a hell of a singer. As far in the R&B tradition, she has she is it. In the in the soul tradition, she is it. But she doesn't get the push she deserves. Now I'm going to say something that's going to touch everybody off. I'm going to really, really, because we talking about age ain't nothing but a number. But I want to bring something up. Have you all noticed, you know, they talk about the dumbing down of America. But have you all noticed in R&B lately there's a being a dumbing down of R&B? Yep, of course. Is it just yep. me? I mean, the lyrics are just bass. Uh-huh. I mean, Marvin Gaye could do a sexual song, 
And it didn't have to be that fake. Right. Teddy, Pendergrass could do sexually charged songs, but they weren't that fake. Now it's, let me lick you, let me stick you. It's, it's not even, ro- I mean, come on. But there's no, there's no tact in the lyrics. And, and, and for me, being a songwriter, you know, and I've done some records that are just straight to the point. But um, <laughs> nowadays, it's like there's no tact. You know, first when they fired, they did songs about sex. They did, they did these songs, but it was suggestive. Luther Vandross was talking about a one-night stand, but it was suggestive. It wasn't just all out raunchy with you. You knew what it was. Right. You knew what it was. Exactly. But it just wasn't so overtly sexual and so overtly in your face that it offended people like that. And this is my thing with, and we, we it's ironic that we talked about this last week. Um, Charlie, I don't know if you had a chance to see the uh, the new show on NBC, The Voice. No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, the young man that won, um, an artist by the name of Javier Colon, he was actually out on Capitol back in 2003. Had a single called Crazy. The situation with Capitol didn't work. He just won The Voice. 34-year-old black guy. Now, something, and I, I brought this up last week, what you said on a few shows back, when you said that, you know, they're not in the business of selling black dick to white chicks. That's true. They're not. What that, happened to the male vocalists? Because you got to think about it. Everybody that we just talked about in terms of being vocally gifted and being in terms of getting uh, an honest push in R&B, it's been all women. With the exception yeah. of Trey Songz, yeah. who sounds horrible. I, I'm sorry. If anybody saw the, the, the BET Awards, he sounded like the Doppler Radar. Out there trying to sing, and it's just—I <laughs> mean, but I—I've I, never gotten a fascination with Trey Song as a singer when you've got infinitely, infinitely better singers out there. I mean, I like Alu Black. Have you heard Alu Black? I have. None of you have heard Alu Black. I've heard, not to an extent, but I have heard. He's got this song, I need a dollar, 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 dollar. Uh, Bill, yeah, he sounds like, uh, he reminds you somewhat of Bill Wizard. Yep. But he's a soul singer. Uh, yep. Who else that I like? Uh, Frank McComb. Have you heard Frank McComb? Oh, definitely. Frank McComb. He's got, but see, they don't get that push, though. They, they don't get that push. And for the most part, these are... Paul Thomas is a phenomenal singer and songwriter. Once he left Bad Boy, he's been on some independent labels. Uh, Bird is now like the closest thing to a label that's beginning to hopefully push him properly. But Paul doesn't get the kind of accolades that he deserves. Dave Hollister's a hell of a singer. Hell of a soul singer. Born in the uh-huh. black tradition of the black church. Doesn't get it. But now I got a, I got a theory as to why some of these artists don't get pushed. But it might raise a little controversy. Do you but really want to hear? I really want to hear. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. You notice the number of white, blue-eyed soul singers that are coming out who are getting accolades like Justin Timberlake? Don't get me wrong. I like his music. But 
is he the first person I'm gonna reach for when I'm re- ready to play a song? No, no. But oh. if you if you present the Trey song over the 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 the, the Dave Hollisters and the uh, Carl Thomases and the Rashawn Patterson, if you present these guys over. If you present Trey songs as the definitive R&B, then it makes it a little easier for you to bring along a Justin Timberlake. In That's the right. 70s, if you were Blue-Eyed Soul singer, you had to bring it. You had to bring it like Tina Marie. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yep. You had to bring it. It's also That's good about Little Whisper Boy, Robin Thicke. Huh? Alan Tick, I mean, you had to bring it. But listen to me, listen to me. Rennie Shan was really good. I liked it. He, he was. only had one album. One album. One album. One album. I don't know what the particulars for why he didn't come back again. Maybe he got disgusted with the music business. I have no idea what happened to him. But the artists that are, I mean, like, if you take a, a, a Eddie LaVert and you put Eddie LaVert up against Justin Timberlake or name another uh, blue-eyed, modern-day blue-eyed. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. <laughs> Man, come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> but you put him up against the Trey Songz, Trey Songz isn't that great of a singer. And to me, by 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 putting up substandard singers as this is the epitome of of what R and B sounds like, it makes it easier to bring in another element. Now, I'm not saying I'm not, and I don't want people out there to say, "Oh, Charlie's prejudiced," because I'm not. I love Remy Chance. I think he deserves more accolades than Justin Bieber. You see what I'm saying? I like, what's his name, Mayor Hawthorne. I don't know if y'all heard that guy, but he, he brings it in a tradition. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying these substandard singers are across the board, black and white. But it starts with us accepting this crap. You, you know, it's like in the 70s. There's certain artists that are big now. Do you think in the 70s, Trey Songz would have been the, the crooner he is now. Well, let me really tell you something. That? Let me tell you something. Just uh, about maybe about a month ago, I was listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show, and they played that uh, that Can't Be Friends record that Trey Songz had out. And right. Steve, he had a real moment of honesty because he was like, you know what? I like this record, but I don't like Trey Songz singing it. He was like, I feel like this record is too good. For his voice, he was like, "I need somebody like David Russell singing this." Yeah, mm, and they yeah. were laughing. They were laughing when he said it, but he was dead serious. He was dead serious. Yep, yep. He was dead now, serious. That's, but I mean, but that's what's happening right now. You got cats in the music industry who are signing artists based on what they look like, based on what their torso looks like, based on what their legs. You know, if it's a girl, what their legs and butt look like, or their chest looks like, or what their face looks like, and not based on what they think. If if Fantasia Barino looks like Beyonce, do you really think we'd have a problem not seeing her pushed the way she should have been pushed? 
I'll give, I'll give you another example. A friend of mine said this a few years ago. If India really looked like Alicia Keys, and that's not taking anything away from Alicia Keys' talent. No, it's not. But if India really looked like Alicia Keys, it'd be a different story. It'd be a completely different story. Different story. You see what I'm saying? And that's what we have to, we have to as, as, as consumers, I'm very, very skeptical. When somebody tells me, like, I, I'll be honest with you, Drake's record sat on my on my desk for almost three weeks. Woo! After it was released, before I listened to it. And now, mind you, when I did listen to it, I liked the record. I don't think he should be singing. There's talk of him doing an R&B album. Don't. If there's an executive out there that is having any, don't let him do it. He's not a singer. Now, if you want to put him in a funk band, fine, because, you know, you say, George Clinton wasn't the greatest singer, but he knew how to sing. Gil Scott Heron, who's one of my favorite artists of all time, told me personally, because we did a reading together. I opened up for him. I'm not a singer. I just know how to sing. But his voice had a certain charm to it. But you know, he he was clear. I'm not a singer. It's just nobody else could sing these songs the way I did, so I did it. I know how to sing, but I'm not a singer. If you want a singer, David Ruffin's a singer. Eddie Kendrick's mm-hmm. a singer. Right about that. Yeah, I I totally agree. Charlie, we definitely appreciate you. We're actually getting ready to wrap everything up. We went a little over this week, um, but I think this is a really important discussion. Uh, for all the new artists out there that are listening, um, I, and like I said, when it comes to hip-hop, I usually let Al and Kev, you know, I let them do their thing on that because, you know, that's just not really my thing like that. I'll say this much. If you have a dream and you are actively working towards it, you put out something that's quality, and you know how, because you know the older you get, the more you're going to have to market yourself. Don't give up on something just because someone tells you you're too old to do it. If you're out there and you're a singer, don't give up. Like, let me let me explain something to you. A lot of people don't realize how old some of these artists were when they came out. Because people tend to lie about their age. Raheem Duvon was 30 years old when his first album came out. K-John was 38 years old when his first album, when his first major album came out. Anthony David was 37 years old when his first major album came out. Don't let someone tell you that you're too old to do this or too old to do that. You just keep doing you. In the meantime, though, you have to be realistic about the situation. You have to be realistic about the situation. If you're 38 years old and you're still talking about trap rap, popping bottles and all that other stuff, you might want to rethink your career aspiration. I'm just saying. Quickly. You might want to seriously reconsider doing that. But at the same time, if you feel strongly about something, go for it. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. We appreciate everybody that listened in tonight. We definitely appreciate Charlie. Charlie always comes in and brings the good knowledge. And um, we're going to see you guys next week. And we finally going to do my prank call show. I've been putting this off for a month now. Next week, we're doing my prank call show. The best prank calls. We're going to be featuring Nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show, Ricky Smiley, everybody that just does these great prank calls. So 
you want to laugh next week with us, make sure you come on in. Go ahead and hit us with that outro. Not quite the outro. The middle man shouted, Big Chris shouted. <laughs> now I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for? Go take a listen time out. Take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, you Comment on what you hear. Let's figure out this master plan to put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a wheel to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man cause he was dying to break shop. Every Sunday tune in. Go live 6 p.m. BlogTalkRadio.com. The middle me. Hey. What's happening the middle man? Hey, what's happening the middle man? Hey, what's happening? BlogTalkRadio.com, the middle man. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.